Good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Pull the cup, hit the cup again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Which means distant thunder. Hey, Kudagi to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local and national Native news and events. And as you know, Haley, I like to be right once a day. And Native issues are human issues. And human issues are Native issues. Oh, you are right, Dega. This portion of the show is supported by Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon, supporting honest Native news, stories, and events from Natives themselves. Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon. Yes, thank you for all the support over the years, everybody. It really helped us through uh, when we had COVID and our advertisers were, uh, you know, on lockdown with us. So I just want to uh, tell everyone I do remember those days and I really appreciate your support back then as I do now. Hey, we're with Robert Lilligren, uh, Native American Community Development Institute, and he's a citizen of White Earth. We don't talk a lot, a lot about his citizenship, but he's a citizen there. And also, Robert's been a, a I don't know, a glass floor breaker over the years, a city, city council <laughs> member. Uh, you're in like 20 groups right now, and a lot of important groups and representative of our Native people. And uh, thank you so much, as always, for being on. Yeah, Miigwech. It's Buzu Haley. Buzu Robert. So good to be here. Yeah, I'm a citizen of White Earth. I'm a third generation Minneapolis urban Indian. And I, uh, and I have what one journalist, one reporter once called my 17 titles. She said, which of your 17 titles do you want, to, do you want me to use? So <laughs> I, like to, I like to be involved. Yeah, and you do a great job in the community, and I know um, very kind. You really, really helped out with uh, a past, uh, which you do and have been doing for years. Helping you helped me, as a matter of fact, with my candidacy uh, for uh, Ho Chunk Nation legislator. But you also just helped out recently with one of uh, one of your area's uh, candidates. So you, you're a doer. Yeah, a new uh, Minneapolis City Council member, and since you know I used to be in elected office, some folks know that. I served on the Minneapolis City Council, first tribal citizen to do so for 12, uh, 12 years. Uh, I got elected in 2001. And uh, and when I first started running, I was kind of running against the system. And people who knew about campaigning and knew what to do were really hesitant to help me. <clears throat> so I made the decision, the determination then, I'm going to help people. As I learn something, I'm going to pass it on to, to others. And... And even if I don't think I'm going to support you at the end of the day, if you want to meet with me and ask me some questions, I'll meet with you. And, uh, and it's just really rewarding to see some of the folks I've worked with along the way and what they're doing today, including our lieutenant governor, my wider right. sister, Peggy Flanagan, on her first campaign. But, yeah, I just helped uh, worked on a campaign of a, a very young and incredibly brilliant candidate named Katie Cashman, who just got elected to the city council. So she'll take office in January. Yeah, that's totally exciting. Hey, uh, we're going to see the governor and lieutenant governor tomorrow. Uh, uh, Wendy, Haley, and I, uh, there's a press party that we were invited to. And so we'll, cool. be, we'll be wearing bells on. And it's, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, when it comes to Native Ritz Radio, we have these great uh, contacts like Heather Keeler, State Senator Mary Kunish, um, people like yourself that have been on the show, and of course the Lieutenant Governor. But I think it really helps our credibility here at Native Ritz Radio with you being on and being friends with the Lieutenant Governor and, of course, with the State Senator. And we have the Governor of Wisconsin that comes on. And it's just been really fun to see how exciting this show has opened up over the years, and I think you're a big part of it, Robert. You are so very kind. I think you're giving me way too much credit, Robert, but I'll take some of it anyway. <laughs> but just to really turn it back on you and Robert and on Haley and, and those who came before, 
Haley and what you've done to build the show up and to build its credibility. I used, I used to be on when it was a two-hour pre-recorded show on the weekends, right? Yeah. Now it's like there just aren't a lot of native news platforms like this, you know. And so I think it's just you have a niche and it's an important one. And I'm very grateful for your willingness to kind of fill it. And a little bit tell us about this press event with the governor and the lieutenant governor, but I know you'll have a great time. Yeah, definitely. Well, and one of the reasons, too, why I bring it up, too, is in my mind, you know, it's really fun because uh, the governor, lieutenant governor's journey was kind of parallel with ours. So they were on the show a lot, especially the first time when they were running. And, you know, I, I always joke with Haley uh, when I bring this up, but, you know, the lieutenant or the governor knows my name. And Haley's like, wow, that was impressive. But we <laughs> I'm wondering, and I guess why I bring this up, too, is I'm wondering if, um, are we seeing uh, Lieutenant Governor maybe someday being Senator uh, Flanagan? I mean, I, I think about that, and I kid with her, but, you know, she's got a lot of work going on now and really can't think too much about that. Right. We shall see, right? It's up to her yeah. and what her path, you know, what her journey is and her vision, but... She is clearly a dynamic leader, deeply connected to people, to our community for sure, but just to people mm -hmm. in general. And I remember this would have been back in, what, 2004, working on her school board campaign. Right. That was the first office that she, she ran for and, and was successful. And I was so impressed with her. And I remember thinking, wow, she could be governor someday. And mm -hmm. then I thought, well, heck, she could be president someday. Why put a cap on it? So, Wherever, whatever she does, our lieutenant governor and white her sister Peggy Flanagan is going places. Absolutely. This is not the end of it. And I, I love how our governor and lieutenant governor uh, remind me of Obama and Biden where, uh, you know, Biden was involved in a lot of the decisions and so is our lieutenant governor. Yeah, I remember they announced their campaign, their first campaign at the Minneapolis American yeah. Indian Center. That's where they kicked it off. Yeah, right in the heart of the American Indian Cultural Corridor and the community, and you know, and I, I care deeply about Peggy Flanagan. I call her my little sister. She calls me her brother, and um, and and I didn't know what a lieutenant governor spot might do for her politically. And I remember thinking, I want to hear them talk about a co-governing model in their opening remarks. And I thought of that several times. I thought, if I don't hear that, I'm going to reach out to Peggy and, mm -hmm. and say, you know, you need a position within government, you know, the government. And sure enough, three times they said co-governing, we will be co-governing. And um, and in Minnesota, which is kind of a purpley kind of state, although all of our statewide offices are held by uh, Democrats, but I think that Waltz and Flanagan really balance each other beautifully and kind of let everyone see some of their beliefs and positions reflected in their policy work. Absolutely. I was there too, Robert, and I remember uh, the governor-to-be was telling the story about basically, the what was it, the Wellstone class that Peggy was leading was his first... Yeah. Uh, um, uh, yeah. mix with politics and she was her teacher yeah. he was teacher she was training at Wellstone Action at the time teaching how to be a candidate how to campaign and governor uh, now Governor Waltz was there and then he went into his first campaign which was for Congress successful in a, in a fairly red district and uh, and then there are other two other people in that same class that Peggy taught uh, that got elected to city council so I served with them on my second term. They both got elected, and so, so not you know not only is she a great elected representative, but man, she can teach people how to win campaigns. Yeah, definitely. Hey, uh, we're going to take a break, Robert, and uh, we haven't had you on in a long time, so we're going to keep you on longer. I'd like to uh, okay. talk a little bit and reminisce about uh, Jamie Becker Finn a little bit, uh, who's just released yesterday that she will not be running, which. Uh, Mm -hmm. is, is sad to hear because she's another one of our native doers that really of uh really uh, we're really proud of and really she's a fighter and you know she's got small kids and things so i don't know what you've heard but maybe we can talk a little bit about her and her legacy let's all right hey this is native Ritz radio presents i'm awake and we'll be right back after this short break stay with us 
Unwanted sexting or photos, inappropriate jokes, even tickling or wrestling can feel like a violation. Catcalling, cornering, or groping, getting them drunk or high for sex, recording sexual acts without permission, hurting someone because of their sexual orientation, ripping a family member, a child, a date, a friend, a stranger, purchasing a human being for sex. You make the choice every single time. Sexual violence is many things. Make a choice. Do not do it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Getting them drunk or high for sex. Recording sexual acts without permission. Hurting someone because of their sexual orientation. Ripping a family member, a child, a date, a friend, a stranger. Purchasing a human being for sex. You make the choice every single time. Sexual violence is many things. Make a choice. Do not do it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Unveil the captivating world of Native photography at the Minneapolis Institute of Art. Their new exhibit, In Our Hands, Native Photography 1890 to Now, turns the camera around and puts Native photographers in control, featuring hundreds of photographs captured by generations of First Nations, Métis, Inuit, and Native Americans. You'll view the world through their lens, revealing the beauty and complexity of Indigenous heritage. Don't miss this incredible experience. Visit In Our Hands at the Minneapolis Institute of Art, now through January 14th. For more info, visit artsmia.org. As we gear up for the holidays, let's keep our friends, relatives, and elders protected from COVID-19. Even though the emergency declaration is over, COVID-19 is still a concern, especially for those with compromised immune systems. So when you get together this holiday season, opt for outdoor gatherings if weather permits or well-ventilated indoor spaces. And here's a tough one. If you're feeling unwell before your gathering, stay home. It may not be much fun, but it goes a long way towards keeping our cherished elders healthy. After your event, keep an eye on your health. Test if you notice symptoms. If you're traveling in crowded places like airports, put on a mask for that extra layer of protection. Let's make this holiday season the healthiest ever, securing a brighter future for our Native community. For more tips, visit health.state.mn.us. That's health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. This is uh, Leonard Peltier. I am in uh, Coleman 1, U.S. Penitentiary, and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Native American Community Development Institute, or NACD, in Minneapolis. Very familiar with them. Very familiar with them. Hey, uh, I've Haley, heard of them. I've heard of them. <laughs> yes, you have. Hey, <laughs> Haley, you know, I have a, a cold right now, as you can see. I came back and uh, had mm-hmm. COVID three weeks ago, then struggled, had a little cold, and now I have cold again, so I've been hiding in the house, but... It's that time of year again, isn't it? Uh, not for colds, but for support of that. Yeah, well, today is uh, winter solstice, so I know it is the longest night of the year. So if you're looking for something to do, uh, get your health insurance plan uh, together and head over to minsure.org where our friends will help you find the right uh, plan that is more affordable and helps be- best fit your needs. Uh, minsure.org. Yeah, thank you, Haley. Hey, we're here with Robert Lilligren, CEO of Native American Community Development Institute here in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis. And we were leaving off in the last segment. It's always great to see Robert and talk politics. Uh, uh, we uh, were just talking a little about uh, State Representative Jamie Becker-Fenn Becker uh, uh, announcing that she will not be running a- again. Um, kind of saddens me. And uh, um, what are your thoughts? She has a heck of a legacy here, and I know she's been a, a fighter for many, many years and a great friend with the lieutenant governor. Yeah, it is sad to hear, but I really need to res- you need to respect people's decisions, right? So she will have been a what, four-term House yeah. of Representative at two-year terms. Thank you for your service, Chi McGuire, Representative becker Finn. It's not an easy thing to do. And you're right, she has an incredible legacy for for you know, a relatively short time in office. She's one of our Native sisters. She's a founder of the uh, people, uh, the Posey Caucus, People of Color and Indigenous Peoples Caucus. She's a co-founder of the Queer Caucus. Mm-hmm. You know, she's, she really drove into leadership, which I think is important for these young 
younger, newer kinds of representatives. It's, it's, I'm not a big advocate of sit and wait your turn, right? Yeah. If you have something to do and you think you can lead in a direction, you know, kind of lead. And Jamie did just that, man. And she did a lot of justice related work, um, you know, into the inside the justice system, like uh, seeing that public defenders are paid, you know, in a decent wage and things like that. She changed the system. Yeah, I remember a few years ago, maybe more than a few years ago, that there was a representative from Bloomington, Minnesota, that was really giving her a hard time about some stuff. And just hearing her uh, smart response, and I don't mean combative, but just uh, intelligent Mm -hmm. response to really some negative, uh, unbelievable and untrue things that were directed towards her. I just went, wow, this person's on it, you know, and understands how to respond in a good way. Right. And, you know, that is such a good observation, Robert. And in the legislating business and in in politics, especially today, it's so oppositional, confrontational, violent, you know, even violent. And, And I think smart legislators, successful legislators and elected officials acknowledge what you just said. You can't behave like this is your last conversation with someone. You know, you have to address things that you disagree with in a in a measured and smart and informed way. But early, early on in my elected life, I learned this lesson from a more experienced politician. And she taught me there's Robert, there's never a last act. Mm-hmm. She said, There's never a last act. You can't behave like that's the end of something. Now who knows, maybe since it is the end of her elected life, she may behave a little differently, but I think she's just done an admirable job of being a true states person. Well, and I can't imagine her kids are still young and still being, you know, a mother, a politician, a business owner, um, you know, and I do believe she's a lawyer too, right? Oh, that I don't know. Yeah, I I can't remember, but she owns that coffee shop and she has young kids and it's just... uh, it's, you know, and how how much do we ask for our politicians? Eight years is a long time. Yeah, it is a long time. And, you know, she is a lawyer. At least she has a JD from William Mitchell College yeah. of Law. So, yeah. yeah. Our hat's off to her, really. Um, and maybe we'll get her, get her on the show more often now that she's not. But we always find more things right. to do, right, Robert, <laughs> when we're out of the yeah, she's, office. Right. <laughs> She's gonna she's gonna bump me. Now you'll have someone with uh, deeper political analysis. No, so, but no. And she's just a delight. You know, she's a nice person, mm-hmm. and I just really appreciate when pol- politicians are just nice people. Well, let's let's spin it now a little bit here to national, and I know uh, we like to talk a little bit about about that. And uh, you're our go-to person uh, to talk about this. We have uh, Colorado stepping up and uh, really doing something pretty magical, I think. Yeah, we'll see where this goes. So they have declared their Supreme Court in Colorado has declared that Trump is not eligible to appear on ballots in their state in 2024 due to his role in promoting insurrection. And and that's constitutional, right? That's a constitutional Mm -hmm. reason to keep someone off the ballot. And so... The same, a similar case was brought here in Minnesota, did not prevail, but there mm-hmm. are other cases like this poised to be brought forward in a lot of states, and, and so we'll see. And you know, there's all these dire predictions that this is going to cause violent civil war, and you know it's right. not going to be the, it's not going to be the progressives and the Democrats that are promoting violent civil war. Right. We're just trying to protect other institutions that have been so so grossly attacked well i'm gonna put my aluminum hat on uh robert uh which i don't (laughs) do very often and i gotta wonder people that take uh supreme court judges on boat trips and borrow the money i don't think it's good for business for them to have a a civil war you're not going to be able to sell your goods and services and maybe uh they'll talk some sense and uh you know, I'll take my aluminum hat off. Are you any comment on that? Well, fingers crossed, Robert. I mean, it would be great. You're exactly right. You know, 
the chaos of war is not good for commerce. You know, it's good for certain sectors of the economy. But in going back to your oblique, somewhat oblique comment about Justice Thomas, Clarence Thomas, and and what he's accepted, and there's all this new information coming out about that as well. That in the, I think it was what two thousand year two thousand, he started growing, being very critical about his low pay rate, and that's when all of a sudden all these people who are invested in the invested in the status quo started. To support him financially and it's just a travesty i want my supreme court judges you know living off their salaries and not having to to be provided by right. billionaires provided all the luxury goods well i'll put my aluminum hat back on again and it's like uh they they paid him <laughs> more they paid him more and helped him out because they didn't want him to resign because he was was broke or going bankrupt and right. I'll take it off. And he was a reliable, no, no, and he was a reliable vote for the status quo. I mean, that's just a fact. That isn't even yeah. sort of conspiracy stuff. You know, he was a reliable vote for them, and they wanted to keep it in place. And so they corrupted him, or he allowed himself to be corrupted. And, I wanna... and now he really can't dispense justice. Most that court, court can't dispense justice for the majority of, the, of this country. Exactly. I want to talk a little bit about Biden and his age. And only want to talk. I only personally want to bring up the fact that, as a leader like that, Biden isn't doing five thousand things each day. He has a committee. He has people working for him. Um, he's leading the country, but he's got what was different uh, night and day between Trump and his people was he brought in people uh, that knew what they were doing, and things got better quick. Um, you know the. COVID was going crazy still, and we're getting all the vaccines out to people, and uh, the gut, you know, everyone was talking how how bad uh, the economy was going to be, and really the economy's been bad because of the gouging with these big corporations. I, well, I'm going to vote for Biden again because he's got a, a great bunch of people working for him. Right. I mean, if he's on the ticket, I'm voting for him. I fully expect him to be there, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and you talked, you know, you touched on the economy, and by all these indicators, the economy is so strong. You know, unemployment, gas prices, stock market. You know, it feels very pinched for middle class people and lower wealth people. So it doesn't feel like the greatest economy, but really, by all the indicators, it's doing incredible. And and you're right, he's he's the executive, right? He's where the buck stops. He's the one right. that at the end of the day is accountable for what his administration does, but but it is. It's a whole administration right. that you're really voting for. It's not just one person. Yeah, so, I, you know, I, I want to bring that up, too, especially with our, our progressive friends. I'm really progressive. I'm a Bernie guy all the way still. and But, you know, in order to, to move people, like if you vote for somebody that's Democrat and you're more progressive than that person, talk to them. And try and get them to, to go a little more progressive. With the Republicans, you're not going to have any chance <laughs> to do that. Right, right, right. And if you, you know, start splitting progressive votes through third-party candidates, it's a, it's a big risk. It's a little too much of a gamble. And and right now, I, I feel like we need sort of steady as she goes leadership anyway. So so his age isn't really that big of a deal for me. I have friends his age, yeah. you know, that are perfect. Exactly. Hey, Robert, uh, we're going to get another segment with you, and I'm going to do what always Wendy tells me to do. Ask Robert what he wants to talk about. So the next segment is going to be all yours, and uh, I'll keep my aluminum hat close by just in case. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and we're with Robert Lilligren, CEO of Native American, Native American Community Development Institute, along with our producer, Haley Cherry. We'll be right back. Stay with us. 
Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. J&S Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Signing up for $1 bus and train rides with the Transit Assistance Program, or TAP, is quick and easy. Do it straight from your computer or phone by uploading one of the pre-approved documents listed at metrotransit.org slash TAP, along with a copy of your ID. We'll mail you a go-to card with a full year of discounted rides. For questions or translation help, call 612-373-3333. 612-373-3333. Hi, I'm Claudia with Minsure, Minnesota's official health insurance marketplace. With Minsure, you can compare health plans from multiple companies and get free help from a trusted expert. Whatever health plan you choose with Minsure, it's guaranteed to cover essential benefits so you can get the care you need. See if you qualify for discounts, available only through Minsure. If you need quality, comprehensive health insurance, get started now at Minsure.org. As we gear up for the holiday season, let's prioritize the safety of our community, especially our cherished elders and loved ones. As you plan your holiday gatherings, remember, whether you're young or in good health, you could still unknowingly spread COVID-19. The key to a safer celebration is getting vaccinated. The newest vaccines are authorized, effective against current variants, and FDA approved for ages six months and up. So here's the call to action. Be a vaccinative. Protect yourself and your loved ones. Getting vaccinated before your holiday gatherings is a powerful way to ensure a safer and happier time for everyone. Let's honor our elders by preserving their wisdom and stories for generations to come. So be a vaccinative this holiday season. Find more information including clinics with free vaccines at vaccines.gov. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. As we age, it's important to invest in our health and to help protect it. Like the flu, COVID-19 is always changing. That's why it's important to stay up to date on your vaccines. By getting the flu and COVID-19 vaccines, you can renew your body's defenses and lower the risk of getting sick. Get your health boost and protect yourself against the flu and COVID-19. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. That's vaccines.gov. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Uh, great supporters of Native Roots Radio over the years and uh, we've had them on and they're all over the country, all over Turtle Island, uh, giving out knowledge about uh, our relatives. So we really appreciate them. Hey, we're here with Robert Lilligren, uh, Native American Community Development Institute CEO, and uh, I, I'm going to blame it on the cold. I messed it up twice now, Robert, and I know uh, we're not keeping track, but I had a little hiccup there, you know. But welcome. Oh, welcome I'm back. keeping track, Robert. I am keeping track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dang. So uh, what what do you, what do we got going down on the avenue? I, I drove by uh, the Indian Center, and when is that due? That place is looking beautiful and it's right up against the 
right up against the sidewalk now, so I can't sneak into the front there and park on the right. illegally. <laughs> no, it's looking great. So the target date for the grand reopening is May 1st. Mm-hmm. Uh, as folks of Minnesota know, May is American Indian Month in our state. It was a big American Indian movement um, effort back in the 70s to get that recognized. started as a week, now it's a month. And Mary Lagarde, the brilliant director who has um, shepherded this incredible capital investment through, is gearing up to open it up on May 1st. So we usually march through the community on May 1st for Indian Month kickoff and then end up there for a real a blessing and opening mm-hmm. and a feast. And it'll be wonderful. And you're right, it's beautiful. And we've had an Indian center there for for decades and uh, since the 70s and it was just such a nondescript building in the past and you couldn't even really figure out how to if you hadn't been there before people could never figure out how to even get in (laughs) enter from the side and uh it used to be owned by the city of minneapolis and during my time on the city council we sold it to the indian center for a dollar to be self-owned and yeah and it's needed this investment, but it's about 130, 130, I'm sorry. Uh, 13? Wait, no, I'm like $13 million. And no, I can't be right. I'm uh, it must I thought be it was a, like seven or something. Maybe no, it's... no, it's way more than that. I should oh. be saying numbers that I don't know. I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> but I will say I was on the, ca- I'm on the Capital Campaign Committee mm-hmm. for the Indian Center, and I was on it. Uh, back in the early 2000s as well, and during my time on city council. And it was a really heavy lift back in the early 2000s. There was a sense that the Indian Center was losing its relevance mm. in the 21st century. And you know there were some other concerns about um, uh, just about succession and things. And funders are really savvy about stuff like that. And, and they just weren't giving. And I think we ended up um, at the time, we're trying to raise $13 million, and I think we raised about $3 million, and so it had to really scale back the project. But, man, leadership at the Indian Center has gone through, you know, uh, uh, some generational change, and they've done some incredible strategic work, and this has been a much more satisfying capital campaign committee to serve on than it was 20 years ago. Wow. Uh, and uh, we're going to have a, a theater in there, uh, a bigger store, a restaurant, uh, things. Uh, it's just going to be uh, a place to go and uh, go down to go down to the coffee shop and walk down to the Indian Center and hang out and do some shopping. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. As you pointed out in your first comments, you know, it's bringing the activity right up to Franklin Avenue, to the American Indian Cultural Corridor rather than almost having it hidden mm-hmm. you know so those public activities art gallery restaurant those will be right on franklin and so it brings those eyes onto the street and just you know really activates the american indian cultural corridor yeah so have you been in there since uh they've wor- worked on it i know some people have gotten tours i know i didn't get my invite. yeah <laughs> well as a capital campaign committee member you know we i get the privilege of being parts of tours for potential donors and things. So it was a couple weeks ago, but the whole uh, Franklin Avenue facade was done that sort of drum. It's a, literally a drum shaped atrium. That mm-hmm. was, you know, you could get in that, you look down Bloomington. It just, it looks like a real big city. You know, it's, it's so different than it was. And um, the renovated uh, and expanded program space, you know, that gym is one of the most used public spaces in the corridor. Yeah. That's pretty much where, where everything happens, and it's it feels so good. Yeah. we're gonna, And you can't wait to have those uh, Thanksgiving powwows, uh, New Year's Eve powwows, and all the other powwows and things that happen in, in that gym. So uh, it, it's not far from my house, and it's not far from a lot of people's house, even though I have yeah. to get to that go to that scary city minneapolis you know from st paul <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just a few well, i live on franklin so it's just a few blocks really away so uh and you know and i just really want to make sure i think it was 33 million that was the final 
uh, budget, but just a ton of credit to Mary Lagarde and and to others and the whole staff of the Indian Center. You know, they've been housed in all kinds of different buildings. The programs have been sort of scattered around, but they've kept it going. And uh, yeah, so it'll be exciting when it reopens. So what else is going on down there uh, on the Franklin Avenue? Well, the other thing I might, we may want to talk about, or I wanted to, and I don't know, but is this, just because it doesn't happen very often, and it definitely sort of um, reflects Native involvement, but we have a new state flag in Minnesota, yeah. and we have a new state seal here, and both of them have definite Native influences. There were Native people on the commission. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the commission was created by the legislature just last session and given this incredibly short timeline right. to work, to have this new state flag and new state seal approved by the end of the year. And by gum, they did it, you know, yeah. and, and there's such a range of feelings about them. But I, I can say they look, they look pretty good, you know, and the state seal even has uh, Dakota language on it. And wild right? rice. And, and, and wild uh, rice and a loon, right. Yeah. And so it's, you know, our, uh, the motto, our, oh, our former state seal was yeah. and state flag. They were the same, it was super racist and, had, you know, a pioneer with a gun, but looked like chasing off a native person on a horse, you know, right. and, uh, it just, it was really not happening. And then the slogan on the seal and flag was in French, right? Le Toile du Nord, Star of the North, North Star. Mm-hmm. And now the slogan will be in Dakota. Yeah. The the land where the water reflects the sky. That that is awesome. We've been talking about that all week, and it's fun. Well, first off, uh, State Senator Mary Kunish talked about it last week that she uh, made this bill. And then we had uh, your friend and our friend Kate Bean on the show talking about it. Uh, wanting to get more uh, native input a few weeks ago. And uh, so we've been watching this really closely. And uh, yesterday we had Arvina Martin, who's a former first Native American uh, Mm -hmm. woman, uh, city council member in Madison, and she's on our show every week. And they worked on a a flag uh, change in the city flag. And so she was, she loves the flag. And she was telling us yesterday, how much she loved our our new flag, and she's been doing a lot of research because they changed the one in Madison. So it's like, it's good to hear cool. the experts like it. Yeah, and, and a lot of experts are speaking highly yeah. of the flag. That's super simple, right? And even that, and I don't know how direct it is, and I'm certainly no expert, but even the star that appears on the flag, it's sort of a, a geometric stylized shape of Minnesota, dark blue field, and then a light blue field looks very much like water. Mm-hmm. And then there's a white star in the dark blue that has a very Dakota vibe. Yeah. It. And, and someone, I just read an article where they pointed out that that uh, star, uh, what is it, eight points? Yeah, is also reflected in the Capitol Rotunda. There's a star on the floor that's eight points like that. Wow. So it's just, I think, I think we're going to like this new flag. I kind of like it. You know, I don't really think much about the uh, the old flag other than when it's brought up in the old seal. So this is something to rally around, and um, and uh, yeah, I I just think it can't be any uh, it can't be as bad as it was, and I believe it's really been a good choice. And uh, and uh, you know, things had to be pointed out to me, like the the corner was the the state of Minnesota kind of blocky, you know, things like that. And it's right. like, oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's cool. Yeah, and uh, certainly an improvement over the the racist former flag and seal. Yeah, so, I think um, it's a flag too that people are gonna be proud to wear. I never saw people hanging up Minnesota state flags or anything ever, and this one I feel like we're gonna see a lot more. Um, you know, flags outside of people's houses and just a lot more of it. So I'm down with great it. Great point. Yeah, really good point. Now I'm thinking I better get T-shirts made for the store and put a little. There you go. Yeah. I, I'd wear it. I'd wear it. <laughs> right on. Oh, geez. Uh, so what else do we got going on? That that was a great great point, and love talking about that. Uh, 
you know, and really proud to be a Minnesotan and Twin City and and, uh, and voting blue and, uh, you know, we're always conscious of our, our Wisconsin and Dakotas and Iowa listeners and even Michigan and Illinois that listen to the show. Um, we're, we got it going on here really well, and, uh, and, and we're proud of it. I just want to say that, Robert, and I know oh. you're a big part of it, and uh, we try to be a part of it here on Native Roots Radio, but it's just, uh, it's just been fun. And I, when you said that we used to do a pre-record, I had eight people, guests like yourself, on the show on Saturday, and it was like, this is a great show. I wonder if anyone's listening to it because it was two hours, and now it's great that you're <laughs> able to spend, you know, some time with us once a week and talk about what's going on and we can have our discussions about politics but also just uh sitting back and being human and i want to wish you a happy holiday with you and your husband and uh um really you know i appreciate you being on miigwech robert same to you happy holidays happy solstice yes my my solstice joke is always the same i say it looks like we're in for a long night (laughs) <laughs> good one robert oh wow that's another t-shirt whoa <laughs> hey you. we'll be right back this is native ritz radio presents i'm awake signing up for one dollar bus and train rides with the transit assistance program or tap is quick and easy do it straight from your computer or phone by uploading one of the pre-approved documents listed at metrotransit.org tap along with a copy of your id we'll mail you a go-to card with a full year of discounted rides for questions or translation help call 612-373-3333 612-373-3333 Hi, I'm Claudia with Minsure, Minnesota's official health insurance marketplace. With Minsure, you can compare health plans from multiple companies and get free help from a trusted expert. Whatever health plan you choose with Minsure, it's guaranteed to cover essential benefits so you can get the care you need. See if you qualify for discounts, available only through Minsure. If you need quality, comprehensive health insurance, get started now at Minsure.org. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. How? 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 <laughs> right on, Robert. Robert's still on, and that's great. Uh, we're waiting for Angela to come on and uh, talk about the talk about uh, a call for artists, but maybe we can talk a little bit about that while we're waiting. Sure. And maybe just talk a little about Angela Two Stars as well, who is just a, a superstar artist. Uh, she is um, Dakota and came here to, to work as a professional artist. She came to our gallery, All My Relations Arts, uh, that's Naki's gallery right there in the cultural corridor next to Paula Girls Coffee Shop. Stop on down. But she um she came to it was her first non-student show where she had a piece of art in in a public gallery and uh, and we were so impressed with her and we invited her back to curate a show uh, as a first-time curator and we got her a more experienced Native woman curator to mentor her and coach her and. And she brought the show Bring Her Home, uh, Stolen Daughters of Turtle Island, to the gallery. And it was uh, such a powerful show. And uh, and then when the gallery position opened up, hey, Angela, she's here. Uh, we, um, she was just such an obvious choice for that position. And she's just done amazing things here in the Twin Cities and through our gallery. 
Right on. And hey, as you were saying, Robert, here is Angela. And uh, welcome, Angela. How are you doing? Angela Two Stars, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you sound great. Um, oh, great. So we were just talking about you in a good way, in a good way. And uh, we wanna wanted to give you the opportunity to come on and uh, talk a little bit about uh, what's happening at All My Relations and uh, art. And you're the art director, so uh, give go for it, Angela. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we have a lot um, happening right now. We currently have an exhibition that's titled Abhijijuan Yukiatyanale. And Abhijijuan is Ojibwe. Yukiat Yanale is Huma, and the two artists that we're hosting is Karen Goulet from Bemidji and Monique Verdon from Louisiana, and they have a duo exhibition around the Mississippi River. Um, that closes uh, January 13th. We'll be having a closing reception, and we're also going to be hosting a water weaving workshop um, on January 6th. That's part of the exhibition with Sarah Nassif, who has loaned us her sari loom um, that people from the community have been invited to weave um, part wow. of this community uh, weaving that's going to travel with the show. Um, our next exhibition is called Okizi. It's uh, Dakota for to heal. And it's a collaboration uh, with the American Swedish Institute. Um, they have an exhibition coming in February called Arctic Highways unbound indigenous people and we've been talking with asi for oh goodness like you know we've been developing a relationship with them well over a year and they were discussing this exhibition um migration with these two sami artists named stina folkenbrandt and tomas kolbingston uh, and they were talking about how this migration um artworks were looking at the relationship between the Sami and the reindeer and how the Sami would travel with the reindeer. And I thought that's very similar to Dakota people and how they had relationship with the, the buffalo. And so it started to spark these similarities in cultural experiences. And so as we began talking more and more, um, what we decided on um, wanting to connect our audiences around this common theme of these dual exhibitions and the meeting of two indigenous peoples and the healing impacts of cultural revitalization. So the call for art for Okizi um, will highlight the revitalization efforts that reconnect this generation and future generations to our language, our land, um, our culture, all as a means of healing from historical and generational trauma. Uh, we will be featuring Keith Braveheart, Karen Goulet, and Courtney Leonard, along with uh, Stina and Tomas from um, goodness, where are they from? Well, somewhere in Sweden. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they'll be they'll be here uh, when we open on February first. So we also have an open call. So we're looking for um, artists to jury into this exhibition. So that'll be really exciting to to see what we get and how people respond to that theme. Yeah, we'll have to get you on a couple times and get the word out there. Uh, can you tell people because we have people all over Turtle Island listening to our show? Uh, and uh, where where uh, is All My Relations a gallery, and how can you get there, and uh, what are the hours and things like that? Yeah, All My Relations is located in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's on the on Franklin Avenue on the American Indian Cultural Corridor. Our hours at the gallery are Tuesday through Friday, 10 until 5, and Saturdays we're open from 12 until 3. We're the yellow building with the best coffee in the Twin Cities at the powwow grounds. Right. <laughs> so grab yourself some coffee and come on in. I think it's really important to bring that up because I run into people that I know from all over the country um, that it's a, it's a place where if you are coming in from Wisconsin, let's say, and you want to hang out with some Native Americans, that's a place to go. And a lot of people go there and check it out and, and uh, run into people they know and for me, it's always cool to see my Facebook come alive, all these people coming alive, and it's not a picture anymore, but that's the place <laughs> to go, that's the place to go uh, for your coffee, but also a great museum and museum there. And uh, um, uh, are all my relations arts? 
Yeah, it's a great community space, um, and it's really a place that the community um, can just feel themselves represented in the art that they experience. Um, I wanted to share another event, <laughs> Robert, that we've been talking about yeah. that's happening in January. Um, uh, let's see. Maybe you could start off because I'm like fumbling on my notes. Of <laughs> I better get my. Uh... Is this uh, your Louisiana love film screening? No. Well, that this is, is one book. thing that we're doing. I'm oh. telling you, we've got a lot happening in January. There is a but lot. We actually have Robert will be joining us um, in January for a discussion around the Ho-Chunk people and the Ho-Chunk history. Um, there's an author um, who has a book release coming up. I will get her name. But, Kathy um, Coates. Kathy Coates. It's Kathy, Kathy Coates. Coates. Thank you so much. Yes, Kathy Coates will be uh, releasing her book. And so we have Amy Laundrie and Robert Pilot and Kathy, who will be joining us on January 17th to discuss um, the Ho-Chunk people and their history and, you know, contemporary presence. And, and um, yeah, I think that's going to be a really great event, too, to share um, about the Ho-Chunk people. Yeah, definitely, Angela. And we're going to do the, I haven't told uh, Haley yet because it's a heavy lift. We're going to be doing our show out there. And uh, then after uh, Haley segues away from producing the show, she'll be selling books <laughs> with uh, Kathy and <laughs> signing up. But uh, I'll have to slowly tell her that. Right, Haley? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, Dega. <laughs> but yeah, the it's a uh, 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 published by the Minnesota Historical Society, and it's uh, I've had a chance to read it, uh, Angela. And uh, this person is a researcher, so it's great to see that you know it's not an opinion book or a, a romance. It's the the uh, blood and guts of uh, our removal and how that came about, uh, roughly uh, parallel with our, our Lakota Dakota uh, relatives. Right. So that's exciting, and it's also <laughs> really exciting that um, that that you guys at All My Relations Arts uh, do do things like that. You know, I, I've been there for many, many different things over the years. So yeah, for sorry, Angela, uh, just no, for people um, who want to submit a piece for the new call for artists, uh, the Tahil exhibit, how can they uh, contact you or submit their piece? Well, they can go on our website at All My Relations Arts. Uh, we have the the open call um, is accepting submissions until January 7th. So people have the holiday break to be able to work on some works to apply to that show. And then we're going to jump right into during and then we will be um, selecting this, the artists that will be included in the exhibition on um, January 9th. So show opens February 1st. Definitely. Angela. We got to get you on the show more often. This was a really good segment, darn it. We're gonna, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna have Haley stock you down and uh, get send you the link and get you on the show more often. All right, sounds good. Thank you for having me tonight. I appreciate it. Right on. Thanks, Angela. Thanks, Angela. Thank hey, you. if you're if you're listening to this, if you're listening to the show, you're part of the resistance. From Chief Plenty Coops, the ground on which we stand on is sacred ground. It is the blood of our ancestors. We need to resist, divest, join a group, run for office. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. And free Leonard Peltier. Now. <laughs> <laughs>